Okay, so guys, it's stuff Yud Amud Bet. We started a new Mishnah um, on uh, on whenever it was Thursday. I'm going to run through it quickly just because the Gemara is all based in this Mishnah. And it uh, says, Beit Shama Omri Beit Shama says, Be'erev kol adam yate yamod. In the evening, every person should lean over, like lie down and read. Shema, because it says, Uva Shochbacha, you should lie down. And Beit Shammai learns that it's not only when you say Shema, but how you say Shema. Uva Boka Yamod. And in the morning you get up because you should stand up because it says, Uva Kumecha. Shenemar, Vashochbacha, Vakumecha. Ubed Hillel Omrim, Koladam Korekadarko. You can read in any way you normally want to. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Shenemar, you must read Shema, Uva Lechta Chavaderech, as you are going on the way, meaning in a way that suits you. In Cain, if so, according to Beit Hillel, um, if you've got surely it teaches you how to say Shema, um, like Beit Shammai. So it says, It's not about how you say Shema, it's about when you say Shema. You say the morning Shema when people are lying down. You say the evening Shema when people are standing. Oh, sorry, you say the evening Shema when people are lying down. And you say the morning Shema when people are standing up. I was on the way and I specifically got off my horse. Or I, got, I made a point to lie down or lean over in order to read like Shema. And I actually endangered myself because of the robbers. Because I went, you know, off my horse and I was now in a vulnerable position. Um, because I, and I got down to lie down. Amrulok and the sages said to him, It was fitting that you should put yourself in a life-threatening situation because you, you transgressed the words of Beit Hillel by listening to the words of Beit Shammai. Um, meaning you shouldn't listen to the words of Beit Shammai when Beit Hillel argue. So much so that if you do, uh, it's, it's fitting that uh, your life should be in danger. Huge words. Okay, now we're going to go into this Gemara of a when to, of, of how to say Shema. Okay, so, why is it, oh, sorry guys. Um, um, okay, it says, Be Shloma Beit Hillel. It makes sense according to Beit Hillel, over time de Beit Shammai, because he deals with his own explanation. It says and he also deals with the explanation, the reasoning of Beit Shammai over So Beit Hillel seems strong. Ella Beit Shammai, my time What's the reason Beit Shammai doesn't say like Beit Hillel? Why don't they say means you can read it in any way you want? Amri la. Beit Shammai, Beit Shammai would say to you, Imkain, name a kra, it shouldn't say, when you lie down, or when you're lying down, it should rather say, name a kra, the Pasuk should say, baboker, uva erev, in the morning, and in the evening, not, in your getting up, or your going to sleep, if it's about time, tell the time, not the position, my Shriva Mamish. It's at the time of lying down, but real lying down. Uvashat Kima, 
mamish. And at the time of getting up, you must properly stand. That's what the extra word of not just telling you the time when to say Shema, but rather the position you say Shema. And what about that Beit Hillel brought? My Avid Lay. What is Beit Shammai going to learn according to that Pasuk? That is needed for the brighter. That when you're sitting in your house, that you must say Shema. Prat It excludes somebody who's involved in a mitzvah. Now, this is a famous sugya, a famous uh, halachic discussion of oisek v'mitzvah patum in a mitzvah. That when you're involved in one mitzvah, you're exempt from other mitzvahs. So, this, this, how do we know this? What's the source? So, Beit Shama says the source is in um, uh, Shema. At least one of the sources. That when you say Shema, you must say it when you're sitting in your house, when you're chilling. It excludes one who's involved in a mitzvah. Because then you're not sitting in your house, you're doing a mitzvah. And the word comes to teach you a bridegroom. That what? Um, that a br- not only is somebody exempt from saying Shema um, when they're doing a mitzvah, but even if they are not doing a mitzvah right now, but they will be doing a mitzvah like a chatan, uh, mikan, and therefore um, uh, they also exempt from the words uvelech lechavaderech. So Beit Shammai learns uvelech lechavaderech for something different, not how to say Shema, but that if you do, or if you're involved in a mitzvah or preparing yourself for a mitzvah, then you are uh, exempt from saying Shema. Amru, and this is what they say, Mikan Amru, Hakoines, Etabatula, one who um, marries a virgin, Patur, you're exempt from saying Shema because you Torud, because of the, the involvement in the mitzvah of getting married to a virgin specifically, you, you, you don't have the mindset to say Shema, Vetamana, and a widow, Chayev, you are obligated to say Shema because if you're marrying an Almana who's already being intimate with somebody, then you less torrid, you less uh, you less distracted and involved in the mitzvah. Now, my mashma, where does the words where do we get the mashma, the suggestion of these words that it means oisik mitzvah patum in a mitzvah? That uh, if you're involved in one mitzvah, you don't have to say shema. Amar papa ki derech, just as a road, just as a way. Ma derech rishut, just as a going on a way. On a journey is up, is voluntary. It's up to you. Afkorushut. Also, every time you do something rishut, that's what uvelech dechavaderech means. And then you obligated to say shema when you're involved in something voluntary. But if you are not involved in something voluntary, i.e., you're doing a mitzvah, then you're exempt from shema. Milo askinen deka azeladvar mitzvah. Are we not dealing with here um, bederech that you on your way to doing a mitzvah? Um, and even then, um, so we're not learning it like Beit Shammah, but here we're asking, but could it be that in reading this verse, we're not, uh, we, we're not also referring to somebody who is going to do a mitzvah, and nevertheless, Likri, you have to re- read it, meaning when must you read? Even when you're on your way, where? To go doing a mitzvah. Meaning you can, Beit Shammah is learning, 
as you're involved in doing yeah. something voluntary. Therefore, you, when you're not involved in something voluntary, then you're obligated to say Shema. But Hillel might argue, yeah. doesn't Huvalech Lechavadech mean that you're on your way to doing a mitzvah and, oh, and then you actually have to say Shema, meaning Shema trumps another mitzvah. In Cain, if so, if it meant that you are on your way to doing a mitzvah, Lichtov Rachmona Beshevet Uvelechet. It would say Beshevet in your um, uh, sitting or Uvelechet or going. My Beshevetcha, your sitting, Uvelechtcha, your going, Beshevet Idach. It's sitting, it's your sitting, meaning it's up to you to sit. Uvelechet Idach, it's up to you, it's your own journey, meaning it's a voluntary journey. Hu Demachayevet. If you're on such a journey that you're choosing to do, then you're obligated in the mitzvah. Had a mitzvah, pitirat. But if you're on the way to doing a mitzvah, that's not your way or your sitting, then you're obligated to do the mitzvah. If so, even if you're going to marry a, a widow, you also, you torrid the mitzvah, you're on your way to doing a mitzvah. Um, and even if you're marrying a, a widow, you should also be obligated to say Shema. Sorry, you should be exempt from saying Shema because it's not about, it's about doing a mitzvah, not about who you're going to marry. And, and even marrying a widow is a mitzvah. No, in, if it, it has to be, it has to be two ingredients. Ha-torid. That you are bothered, you involved, vahad lotarid, and with an amona with a widow, you're not tarid. Meaning, it has to be a mitzvah, and it has to be a mitzvah that distracts you, that you know, uh, takes your mind away from things. And if it's that type of mitzvah, then you 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 exempt from saying shema while you're doing that mitzvah. If it's just because of tirda, because of uh, concern, afilu tavab svinato b'yam nami. If you are like a, in a in an ocean in a on your on a ship and and your ship's sinking, then then you should then you should be exempt from saying Shema because you're tolerant because you're distracted. Meaning, for example, in our terms, you're studying for an exam and you're very very distracted. Then you should be exempt from saying Shema. Meaning, if it's tirda, if it's bother or distraction, and you exempt, then any it doesn't have to be a mitzvah. So And if you want to say, yeah, you're right. If you are torud, if you are involved in, in anything, even if it's not a mitzvah, you exempt from saying Shema because of the word Uvelechtecha Vaderech. Alama, then why Amarebi Bar Amarav Ba'aba Bar Azavda Amarav Aval Chaya Bechola Mitzvot Amur Batora Chutzminatvilin. An Aval, a mourner who's definitely torud, who's distracted and in anguish, yet he's obligated to say Shema. He's obligated in all mitzvot of the Torah except for Tfilin. What specific Tfilin? Because it says by Tfilin um, uh, that you're wearing a crown. We discussed this in the Madisha. You're wearing a crown. Um, that uh, it's talking about in Yechezkel where Hashem says to him, You can't take off your Tfilin. Um, and he ref- because you should even if you're mourning for the for Israel for the Beit Hamikdash, um, you your percha, um, you 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 must keep your peer your crown on you, and it's referring to splendor, meaning tefillin for us is a crown. So now the question is, then why is an avol chayvin shema 
surely he's tarot, surely he's bothered. Hatam tarid tirda de mitzvah. No, over there you're exempt with marrying a, a virgin because it's not just bother or distraction, it's bother in a mitzvah, tirda de mitzvah. Hacha tarid tirda de reshut. But uh, if you're on a ship, you, you're bother or you're studying for exam, that's voluntary bother, that's voluntary distraction. And therefore, you're still obligated to say Shema. So, for that little piece, what we see from here is that you, again, I, I, I preempted it. You need two ingredients to be exempt from Shema. The one is you're doing a mitzvah, and the other one is that it's a mitzvah that distracts you, that takes your mind off of things. And then you're exempt from saying Shema. I remember see, hearing about a Gomorrah where these great, I think it was Tanoim or um, were involved in finding money to marry off somebody. And uh, this child came past them and said, you haven't said Shema. I can sense that you haven't said Shema. And they explained, we haven't said Shema because we were, we were Oisek for Mitzvah because we were busy involving ourselves in this Mitzvah mm-hmm. of finding money to marry off somebody. Okay, now, that is uh, Ubeit Shammai. Um, uh, what does he learn? Why does, this is a bit of a discussion whether it's in the Gomorrah. So I think the Bach takes it out. But um, what does it mean? Why do you need both? Uh, you've got uh, to teach you that you only have to say a, a Shema when you are doing something voluntary. Why do you need as well for? So I think that this extra word of uh, of uh, of I think it's going on that is even saying that even if you on the way to doing a mitzvah, which famously is that mitz the mitzvah in sukkah of uh, if you on the way to doing a mitzvah are you exempt or obligated to build the sukkah to stay sleep in a sukkah that night? And there's a huge discussion on that. We're not getting into that. But basically that's how Beit Shammai learns um, that um, you basically the is coming to tell you that you exempt from saying Shema in uh, uh, doing a mitzvah, or if you are on the way to doing a mitzvah, or you're being sent to do a mitzvah. Now, now that's good for uvelech tchavaderich v'shoch v'shivdech v'techa. But what does what does Beit Hillel do with that? Ubeit Hillel amri mimeila Shema mina. We mimeila. It's automatic. We learn from here. Dafilu b'derech nami kari. That even on the way. Um, you, you, meaning, Uvalech is coming to teach you two things. One is that you're only obligated to say it if you are on your own journey, um, but not to doing a mitzvah. And it also suggests that you can say Shema in any way that you're going on the way, which means that you could be sitting, standing, in any way that's comfortable. So he learns both uh, from Uvalech That's how I understand the Gemara. Okay, so basically what we, we saw from here is, a, is how to understand Beit Hillel learns it's, how, it's when to say Shema, Beit Shammai says it's when and how to say Shema, and Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel learn it's coming to teach you and Beit Hillel also adds it's also coming to teach you you can say Shema in any way you want to. Now, Halakha lamaisa, what do we do? Tanurabonin. Tanurabanan. Sorry, it's just not. Sorry, guys. Just not working this. 
Katana um, Bonan. Um, uh, I don't know what that uh, acronym is. Behila um, uh, Omrim. Omdin Vakoirin. You should stand up. If you, st- if you can stand up and read, Yoishrim Vakoirin. You can sit and read. Umatim Vakoirin. You can lean over Vakoirin and read. Hochim Baderek. You can walk Vakoirin and read Shema. Oisim Bamalachtan Vakoirin. You can even do work. And while you're doing work, you can say Shema. And while there's a story, there was a story with Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Laz ben Nazariah. They were eating in a certain place. And Rabbi Shmuel was eating in a leaning position. And he was eating in a straight position. He was standing when he was at the meal. But once Shema arrived, what would he do? Hita Rebbe Elazar, Elazar. Rebbe Elazar, in order to copy Rabbi Gamliel, he went down into that leading position to say Shema like Beit Hillel. Vezakav Rebbe Shmuel. And Rebbe Shmuel, who was already sitting in that position, lying down, he got up and he said Shema standing. Amalor Rebbe Elazar ben Azariah. Rebbe Shmuel. Rebbe Elazar ben Azariah was quite hurt by Rebbe Shmuel because Rebbe Elazar ben Azariah was trying to copy and show difference to Rabbi Shmuel. Um, and so he says to him, Yishmuel achi, Yishmuel my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I will give you a metaphor of, uh, what, of what this is comparative to in, in Ma'az. Mashal um, It's a, a metaphor for somebody who says, um, your, your, your beard is uh, Megudal, is very long and grown well. Um, uh, and what does he say back? Of uh, And he says back to him, I should destroy it. I should, I should uh, cut it. Now, you comp- I'm complimenting you, Robert. I co- the guy complimented him about his beard. And instead of taking the compliment, he says, let me cut it off. So to here, I'm trying to compliment you by following you, by lying down when you're saying Shema. And you get up, you're like almost throwing it in my face. Uh, as long as I was standing, you were leaning. Now that I, now that I uh, am, uh, am getting up, uh, sorry, now that I, I lay down, you got up. It's, it's throwing in my face. I am doing like so Rabbi Gamli responded, I'm doing like Beit Hillel because I'm doing it not lying down. And you're doing like Beit Shammai by specifically lying down to say the Shemite not. And, and that's a problem. Meaning, I know you were trying to copy me, but I specifically didn't want you to do like Beit Shammai because Beit Shammai says you must say Shema lying down. And I, was, I want to do not to do that, and that's why I got up, not to insult you. And not only this, maybe the students will see what we're doing, they'll see you lying down and me staying lying down. Because we're such uh, important people, they'll fix the halacha for generations, like Beit Shammai, and that we can't do. And that's why I didn't, uh, I, uh, I didn't do what you tried to do by lying down. Uh, my Lord, 
What is this extra reason um, uh, to come in to teach us? It's, it's enough to say that I didn't want to do like Beit Shammai. Because it's like this. And if you would have said, you might have said to me that, but Hillel doesn't mind you leaning, right? He doesn't mind if you, if you're leaning, you can stay leaning. It's not a problem. He doesn't mind you saying Shema in any way that you were. So nami itluhu matin hanimili the matter where you were lying down ikara. And you were originally lying down, meaning you were lying down and then said Shema lying down. Then you can then you can do like uh, th- that's when Beit Hillel says you can say Shema lying down. Since at this point you were standing for Hashata Moita and then now you go and lean, Amri, people will say Shema Minakabait Shamai. They'll, even though you didn't intend to paskin like Beit Shammai, because Beit Hila also says you can lie down, people will look at this and think that you're paskin like Beit Shammai. Because not only are you, you're not staying in your position, you're specifically lying down, like Beit Shammai would say to say, Sviruluhu, Shema Yeruah Talmidim, and therefore maybe the Talmidim will see it, Ve'yikbu Halacha Ledorot, and fix Halacha for generations um, mistakenly. Now, Tani, now what if you, what if you do, do like Beit Shammai. What's the big deal? Tani Rav Yecheskel Asa Kediver Beit Shammai. It's taught. Rav Yecheskel, the Rav Yecheskel is taught. If you do like Beit Shammai, Asa, you've done it. You're fine. It's not a problem. Kediver Beit Hilo. If you do like Beit Hilo, Asa, you've also done it. Not a problem. You can go like either. Especially because Beit Hilo says you can do Shammai in any position. So it's not a problem. Rav Yosef, Amar Rav Yosef says, Asa Kediver Beit Shammai. If you do like Beit Shammai, Lo Asa Velo Klum. You haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. It's as if, it's as if you, you don't do the mitzvah. Now this is a discussion. What does it mean? How can saying, doing like Beit Shammai mean you don't fulfill a mitzvah? So this is actually a bit of a discussion. I think there's an opinion that says it doesn't mean you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. I mean, if you read Shema like Beit Shammai, you fulfilled the mitzvah. It just means you never fulfilled the mitzvah in the best way possible. But the language doesn't suggest that it suggests you haven't done anything. Lo asav, lo klum, nothing. So there's an opinion that says that when the rabbis guide you how to do a mitzvah doraita, a mitzvah from the Torah, lakshma, that it's such a strong guidance that they can uproot the mitzvah doraita if you don't do it according to how they paskin. So here, it's, if you do like Bachama, They've halachically the rabbis have uprooted the mitzvah doraita from you because you follow Beit Shammai. Detnan, uh, as it says in a Mishnah, Mishaya Rosho Varubok Basuka. If you were, uh, if your head, this is another machloket between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai. Um, if your head and your body, uh, most of your body, basuka were in a sukkah, v'shulchano betochu abayit. But the, the table that you were eating from was outside the sukkah, inside the house. So you almost had a house, and an extension of the, the house was the sukkah. So you were sitting with most of your body and your head in the sukkah, and you were eating from a table that was inside the house. But Shama Poslin, Beit Shama, they say you haven't filled the midst of sukkah because you might come to lean over and actually eat within your house and not in the sukkah. So they say Poslim, it's not a kosher sukkah. The shulchan, the table, has to also be at least somewhat 
in the sukkah so you don't land up eating outside the sukkah. Beit Hillel says, no, it's not a problem. They're not worried that you're going to lean over. So what's the concern here? The concern is not that you, you will, you, you, you're going to be over a Durabonin. It's a, it's a Durabonin. It's a, it's a Harchaka. It's, it's a distancing of the issue because it's not, it's that you might come to eat outside the sukkah. It's not that the sukkah's puzzle in and of itself. It's big enough. It's halakhically the right size. It's that you might come to eat. Nevertheless, Beit Shammai says it's possible, and Beit Hillel say it's kosher. Amru lahem, Beit Hillel le Beit Shammai. Beit Hillel says to Beit Shammai, My sir, there was a story. Shehalku zikne Beit Shammai vizikne Beit Hillel le vaker ed Rabbi Yochanan ben Hachoranit. That um, Beit, the, the elders of Beit Shammai, the elders of Beit Hillel went to visit Rabbi Yochanan ben Hachoranit. Metzau shaya rosho barubo besukkah. And they found Rabbi Yochanan ben Hachoranit that his head and his body were inside the sukkah, but his table was inside the house. And the, mem- the elders of Beit Shammai didn't say anything. Meaning, Amru, so, so they are saying that, you, I don't understand, why didn't you say something? You should have said that Rabbi Yochanan's not eating in a proper sukkah, and yet you didn't say anything. What's that a proof? It's a proof that you, should, you really agree with us. Misham Raya, so Amrulem, so the elders of Beit Shammah says, Misham Raya, from there it's a proof. Afahim Amrulah, no, actually they didn't, they said to, they did say something to Rabbi Yochanan, not like you say, Imkain Hayita Noeg, if this is what you do, Lo Kayemet Mitzvah Sukkah Miyamecha, if this is what you do, you didn't fulfill the Mitzvah Sukkah in your days. What do you mean? It's just a Durabona, no? So the Beit Shammah, according to Beit Shammah, it's that you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah at all, even though it was only a rabbinic issue of having the shulchan and the table outside the sukkah. And in their eyes, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah at all, suggesting that if you don't follow, if you fo- if you follow Beit Hillel, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah at all. Not that you uh, you do it b'diavid, you like do it um, uh, after the fact. And the Gemara is assuming the opposite as well. If you fulfill the words of Beit Shammai. Um, and not Beit Hillel, then it's as if you haven't done it either. Meaning Beit Hillel and Beit Shammah both hold that if you fulfill, if you follow the other person's words, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah at all. Um, finally, so we saw that the one opinion, Rabbi Yecheskel says, you have done the mitzvah. Um, the other opinion says uh, Rabbi Yosef, he says, no, you, you haven't done the mitzvah if you follow Beit Shammai. And the last opinion is the most serious. Rav Nachman Yitzchak Amar, Rav Nachman Yitzchak said, Asak Beit Shammai, one who does, like the words of Beit Shammai, Chayev Mita, you, you're culpable to be killed. Obviously not literally, but uh, remember, that, and I'm sure if we, if we had some interaction, you'd all tell me the proof for this. The Tznan, as it says in Al Mishnah, Amar Rabbi Tarifan, Ani Aiti Baba Derech, I was going on my way. And I got off my horse to lie down like uh, the words of Beit Shammai. And I endangered myself because of the robbers. And the sages said to him, You were, you, it was fitting that you should um, be, put yourself in danger. Because you went, you transgressed the words of Beit So the Gomorrah from here, Rav Nachman says that you see from this story that if you follow Beit Shammai, you actually have mita. You, you, it's fair to kill you. Um. So the last part, after we we saw our Mishnah 
of when to say Shema and how to say Shema. So then we saw, um, uh, we saw uh, the, the limud of it, how they work it out. We saw um, Beit Shammai, this, the story of uh, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah and Rabbi Shmuel, of, uh, of you, you know, specifically not lying down in order so people don't learn that we're passing like Beit Shammai. And then the final sugya in, in this piece is, what if you do go like Beit Shammai, and the one says you fulfill your mitzvah, the other one says you don't fulfill your mitzvah, and the last one says you actually chive mitzvah for doing such a thing. Okay, guys, have a great week. Big shkoach for joining, and please, God, will finish the daf, hopefully, or at least almost the whole daf on Tuesday at our regular time, 4.30. Have a great day.